This is Issues 2023. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Kay Monk Morgan, President and CEO of Kansas Leadership Center. Welcome to Issues 2023. Nice to have you with us. Thank you, Steve. It's good to be with you. I know that uh, you've been serving as Wichita River Festival Admiral Windwagon Smith, I believe number 49. What are Number 49. <laughs> what are the duties? Uh, what are your duties at, uh, in this honorable position? You know, serving as the admiral um, requires the, the person standing in that space to serve as the ambassador of the festival. Um, to ensure that folks are coming to the festival, they understand the the goal around uh, civic and community engagement. Um, we get a chance to spend a lot of time out in the community, both prior to and after the festival, making sure that citizens who may not be able to access what happens on the actual footprint get a chance to participate as well. And so um, I just get to be the ambassador of all goodness. Why did you, why did you decide to serve in that capacity? It's such an honor. Um, when I look at the, you know, 48 who've come before me and what they've contributed to Wichita and South Central Kansas and, and both the business and, and um, greater nonprofit communities, uh, it's an honor to be among those folks. Um, it's an honor to have one's body of work looked at and evaluated and said, wow, this person is reflective of the type of spirit that we want um, as a ambassador for our city and for this particular festival. Uh, and it's an honor to be uh, a, one of very few women and one of very few people of color who've been had the opportunity to serve in this particular role. You know, it occurs to me, I, I know your approximate age. Uh, do you remember <laughs> Do you remember the first River Festival? Or maybe I should ask the first River Festival to, that you went to. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I remember the first one because I, the festival and I were birthed the same year. Yeah, okay. Uh, so I, I may have been there, but I don't remember it. Yeah, my uh, my memory is that, that the whole thing kind of grew out of the annual uh, North High uh, thing, the North High, and you went to North, and in the spring I did, they, had, yeah. they had a little they boat races and whatnot on the river, and also they had a. Uh, uh, a book fair down at the art museum. I think kind of grew out of that. Those two things, you know, anything about you're, it? You're you're right. There's there's some connection to that. Wichita mm -hmm. uh, North High School has a long history of the water festival, um, with canoes and all types of kind of fun on the river, activating that space. Um, in 1970, the or 69, I think it was the first Wichitennial was held, a one day festival where people came together. Uh, and then in 1971, they elevated the experience, and that's when Admiral Winwagon Smith was brought to forebear and really started to activate larger segments of the, the community and the population to come down and participate. And it's just been growing ever since. Yeah, I got a, I got a quick story. I tell you, when, I, when they came, I was working in radio. I'd only been in radio a year or two, and they, they was like the second or third year they were doing it. And the people came to me at the radio stations, hey, we're doing this river festival, and here's what it is. And I said, you people are crazy. And I kind of, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of threw them out. But <laughs> it just shows I could be very wrong about this. This has been terrific over the years. I get, uh, here's yeah. question, the question most people want to ask you, Kay. Is that jacket as heavy as it looks? The jacket is heavy, <laughs> yes. It is a beautiful wool, um, handmade product oh, yeah. um, very well done by Fruhoff here a local 
um, band uniform company. They may make other things aside from that. Um, three or four women put it together, hand-stitched. All the embroidery is hand-done. It is a fantastic piece of uh, a fantastic garment, just beautiful, but it's hot. Okay. Now, now let's get down to business here. How, how long have you been president of the Kansas Leadership Center? I counted this morning, Steve, and I, I, this is week 11. <laughs> so I am relatively new uh, in this particular role. I continue to be excited, still in that honeymoon phase. What, uh, what does the center do? I, I'm, I'm very unfamiliar with it. What, what do you do at the yeah. center? The center's goal really is um, to help foster leadership engagement, leadership, civic engagement across um, boundaries, population boundaries, so that we can have a stronger civic um, community, so that Kansas is, is a stronger place. We were founded in, by the Kansas Health Foundation back in 2007 with the goal of helping to improve health disparities in the state of Kansas. Um, the leadership at the Kansas Health Foundation at the time felt one of the barriers to making progress as it related to health disparity was that we didn't have people who were willing to lead and deploy themselves, oftentimes across different, uh, in order to make progress on things that were really daunting challenges. And so um, they founded the Kansas Leadership Center with the goal of helping Kansans to lead better so that we could be more prosperous, we could be healthier, and we could be more secure. How many, how many employees do you have at the center? There are about 30 of us that are here uh, that are full-time staff, and then we have, oh, anywhere from 10 to 15 contractors that come on and provide support um, as we do provide leadership development opportunities, both for for-profit and nonprofit entities. We have a, a group of services that where we provide grants to local industry, um, folks in the faith industries, education, healthcare, um, nonprofit sectors. We provide them access to our training for free. And then we have a, a set of services that um, are for, uh, for pay. And so uh, leadership development is kind of a, a crown jewel and for the work that we do, um, we have a, a cadre of services based on civic engagement, oftentimes centered around a particular issue that um, either our founder or one of our funders is really interested in solving or at least making progress. Uh, we're working on one now around hunger. Uh, we're doing some work around rural entrepreneurship and helping our rural communities um, not just stay afloat but thrive. And then we have a, a suite of services executive and um, professional coaching for folks who are exercising leadership and just want someone to walk a lot alongside them for at least part of their journey while they do that work. Now, physically, do your clients come to the center or does the center go to them or is it a combination? It is a combination. Uh, a couple of times, at least once a month. Uh, well, more than once a month. We've got programming that's happening in the building. Um, lots of our, our clients take advantage of our services virtually. You know, COVID taught us how to do that pretty well. Mm -hmm. We have a, a good number of international clients that require us, of course, to do things internet or virtually. But even some of those clients find themselves in the building. And so we have participants that, that come from all walks of life, from all um, parts of the world, and they're both in the building and online. So, again, uh, 
some of them some of them are nonprofits and they're not charged. Is that right? And and others are for profits, and you get a fee, right? That is correct. Okay. We have a, a set of programs that we call the the pass, and any of our our um, grant providers or folks that we provide grants to and or any other person on the street for $399 or so can come in and take uh, a two-day leadership course, which we think is, is really good, a good value for, for what um, folks will get. And then for our, our, some of our corporate clients are working on particular issues and want to see a, a customized version of what it is that we provide. And so those are the fees that we, that, that's the services that we provide for, okay. for fee. Who are your coaches and teachers? They are, they represent a cadre, a myriad of, of folks with different backgrounds. There are folks who um, have grown up in the leadership and coaching kind of profession. Um, one of our most popular and well-requested folk, persons is a former police officer. Um, my introduction to KLC, I was on the, the teaching staff, so folks who work within university systems. Um, there are a couple of healthcare providers. So we we have a philosophy that anyone can lead, and not only can they, but we expect them to. And that's reflected in the, the cadre of folks that we send out um, to help share the model, the framework is what we refer, refer to it here, of leadership. And so we, we have folks from all different types of um, career and academic backgrounds that are that are serving yeah. in front of the in front of the room. So what were the lengths of your courses? You said you, you had a, a one day or two day or something. Is there a diff- are yeah, there different we, we, there different lengths for the courses? They are different lengths. Um, our entry our entry program is a one day program. We call that when everyone leads, and it just kind of starts with the five largest principles of our framework. Um, we have a two day program, which would be step two on our path. That is um, your leadership edge, where we really start getting into some skills and competency based um, work, making sure that folks understand not just what leadership looks like, which is different. Our model is different. We believe that everyone can do it. We believe that it's not a position, that it's an activity. And if you are acting as if you are helping people mobilize around an issue, then that's leadership. So we've got the the well, which is the entry. The um, We've got the two-day Your Leadership Edge, which is more competency-based. Um, then there are other programs that move you along the continuum um, Lead for Change, which is based around issue-specific work. So we bring teams from organizations or groups come together, and they literally work a problem. And then there's another program, and that program is a week-long program. Mm -hmm. We also have intensive teaching programs where we bring folks who are interested in learning how to teach our framework or facilitate learning around our model. We bring them in, and that's a week-long program as well. So it really depends on what you're looking for and how you want to, um, how you intend to use the framework, whether it's your a, a first um, blush at picking up some new skills or it's something that you want to go out and proliferate and teach to the folks back in your own community. It looks a little different. I know you're new, but do you have any idea how many clients you have? Or uh, It sounds like it could be a At one time, <laughs> yeah. There, we've got data that shows that at least to date we've served at least 15,000 Kansans. Um, some of our folks are in and out of the building, and so those folks are easier to, to count. Um, but one of the models of our, uh, our, our center has been to kind of deputize people 
to get out and take the framework and, and activate it themselves. One of the most prolific ways we've done that is through working through community leadership programs. Say, for instance, um, Leadership Wichita or Leadership Salina or Leadership Douglas County. Um, those particular organizations or, or activities are usually attached to a local chamber of commerce. Um, many of the f- people who lead that effort at those chambers have gone through our training and then teach those courses independent of the Kansas Leadership Center. Um, So we know that we've had just over 15,000 people through our building, um, but we also know that there have been hundreds of thousands perhaps that have been touched through other ways. Kind of like throwing that pebble in the pond then, huh? That's the goal. That's the goal is that we reach all Kansans one way or another. You're listening to Issues 2023 on the Odyssey radio stations, and our guest is Kay Monk Morgan, President and CEO of Kansas Leadership Center. How, Kay, how do you define leadership? What's the definition? We have a definition, which is really cool. Um, We think that leadership is an activity that mobilizes others to make progress on things that are difficult. So oftentimes we refer to leadership related to a position or positionality or power or authority in a system. Well, the KLC framework elevates that no matter where you sit in any system, whether it's your household or your church or the company that you work for, each and every one of us has our individual opportunity to, to demonstrate leadership on a daily basis. And so um, we want folks to tap into a level of self-efficacy around common good in a new way. Who are, if you, if you, if you can, who are some of the impressive leaders you have known or worked with? I know you were at the the university for a good many years, uh, and who oh, were some of the, the impressive leaders that you've known? I've had a u- unique opportunity to not just um, get to, to connect with folks when I was at the university, but, but beyond, and some of them are peers, and others of those are folks that I would identify as mentors. Um, Jim Radigan is at the top of the list for me. Many of your listeners may be familiar with Dr. Radigan, uh, long-term student affairs vice president over at Wichita State, um, it, it, in part because he, um, because of our personal relationship. But when I examine um, why I'm so fond of both of, of him, um, he demonstrated several of the characteristics of, of leadership. He had lots of in the system, but rarely did I see him use it. He used influence much more so. He brought different people to the table. Um, I wasn't there at Wichita State when, he, when, he, when students rioted in the 1960s, but he would tell stories about it and how he brought students together, and that's the type of thing that we like to see um, folks do on behalf of progress for common good here at the Kansas Leadership Center. So I'd, I'd list him at the top of my list. Um, Ron Matson. Uh, former professor at Wichita State, another one of my uh, folks that I look up to significantly, just does fantastic um, work in caring for students and helping the university move forward. Um, I could go on and on. Levanta Spencer, a former academic advisor, who, again, had very little power in the system, but, man, could she get things done. Um, (laughs) My grandmother, my grandmother had very little power, at least – authority in systems. My grandmother was a homemaker, um, but had willed lots of of influence, both at home and in church and in the four-block radius of her home. Um, I got a chance to see her do fantastic and wonderful things 
um, that were very much in alignment with our leadership philosophy. You, you talk about Jim Raddick, and he has been a guest on this show. And, and one of the things that I, I feel like it's not really fair because one of the things he has is a terrific charisma. I mean, he's just, yeah. he's, he's natural. Is, is there such a thing as a born leader? Do you think? Okay. You know, I think there are people who ha- absolutely have charisma where it is easier for people to want to follow and or please them. Um, but I also believe that there are skills and activities that people can, can sharpen uh, and deploy that helps people get better at things. So mm. I do think there's something for, for some folks where if, if you are a prolific you know, um, professional speaker or public speaker, um, and you've got kind of a way about you, my kids would call it swag. If you've got some swag, then people fall in line perhaps a little easier. But even for folks that are quiet and unassuming and maybe even shy, there are opportunities for them to, to ask a really powerful question at a time that will change the tenor of a meeting. Uh, and we, we think that's leadership. Tell us about your life before the center. I know you were at Wichita State University for well, for quite a while, what, almost 30 years or something? Yeah, I was at Wichita State for 30 years as an employee and then another four years uh, as a student working on, a, on my bachelor's degree. Um, I had loved my time there. I had, I, I jokingly say, uh, 11 jobs and nine different offices across campus um, working my, the bulk of my time or the largest time spent working as the director of a program for high school kids who were from four, di- four state area, um, who happened to be gifted in math and science, um, but also uh, the first in their families who might have a chance to go to college. And so we, it was a college prep program and just was, has been framing for all my life. Uh, you know, no matter where it is I, I go or whatever I do, um, that particular experience is a hallmark for me, um, was a proving ground for me. I had an opportunity to do lots of both formal and informal leadership in that space, um, and it prepared me to do lots of different things. And so I love Wichita State and all that. Um, lots of cool things are happening out there right now. They were, I'd like to think it's not because I'm not there, but <laughs> they've, they've had a real shot in the arm under Dr. Muma over there. You uh, now, Were you a Gore Scholar? I am a Gore scholar. Words, yeah, you, you've got one of the best scholarships there is. What do you? But and I, I'm, I'm nothing wrong with that. But what do you think about these kids now that that pile up so much debt? I know it's expensive as heck to go to school, but what do you think about all that debt that they they accumulate? Yeah, that's a thing, especially given the work that I I did for so long. Yeah. Um, one of the things I think we have to do as a society is make sure that we're right sizing expectations. Um, it, I, I'm a firm believer. I've seen it for myself and for others that it's not where you go to school. It's what you get out of the schooling that you go to. Uh, and so students, they're oftentimes students want to go to big name schools in order to feel like they're going to have a big name experience. And that requires big checkbooks. Um, and that's not everybody that's not attainable for everyone. Um, the goal, I believe, is a really solid education and to get that at the lowest cost you possibly can. Um, higher ed costs are expensive. Part of that is just looking at how states across our nation fund higher ed. Um, and when I started in higher education, uh, it was heavily subsidized. 
universities paid 20% of the, the, what it costs to educate a student and the state paid 20 uh, or paid 80. Uh, if you look at it today, just pure math, the institution is paying 80% and the state is paying 20. Mm. Uh, and so that cost has been shifted to the student and their families. And so um, there's certainly a lot of work to be done around how to make it affordable and accessible. And lots of mm. institutions, I think, are, are doing good work in that space. Have, have you encountered uh, racial or uh, gender discrimination along the way, Kay? You know, I, I would imagine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in such a space where, um, you know, I was given a leadership title and a role at a time where I was the youngest uh, of folks on a on a college campus where um, the people in authority had uh, doctorate degrees. So I, I didn't have a doctorate. Um, I, I didn't fit. I wasn't uh, male. If you look at university administration and many times, particularly in the 70s and 80s, well, uh, heavily male, heavily white, heavily over the age of 60 and with terminal degrees. And I was none of those. And so certainly had opportunities to experience um, where I was othered uh, or where I had to or felt like I needed to work a little bit harder, if not a lot bit harder, in order to demonstrate that I was competent to do different work. Um, but I, I, one of the things that was a counterbalance for me and, and continues to be is my grandfather. Uh, my grandfather lived to be 102 years old. We were able uh, to to have him until he was until 2017. So I was a full fledged grown up with a grandpa, and that's not everybody's blessed to have that. Um, and he would would talk about his experience um, growing up in the United States um, through civil rights and even well prior to that, and gave us a sense of balance um, and humility, but pride. Such that when those difficult things would pop up where um, it's questionable whether people would say or do or behave in such a way because of my race or my ethnicity or my gender, um, I would have some internal fortitude to kind of balance whatever was going to come of that. Sounds like he had a lot of respect for himself and other people, and respect is sure a big part, surely a big part of it. I want to ask you one last question. It's kind of personal. Um, do you have time to be a mom when you're doing all this stuff? Yeah, that's <laughs> the, that's so cool. I am, my husband and I have two children, 28 and 25, um, young men who have graduated from school. Well, one's gone back and, and they are well on their way in, in creating careers where they're going to have make their own impact in the world. Uh, and I'm, I'm so proud of, of all the things we've been able to do when we look at, you know, who they're becoming uh, there are often times where I felt like I was, you know, some of your listeners might identify with parental guilt or mommy or daddy guilt where you leave your kid and you go to a meeting and you really want to play Legos, but you got to go do this thing that you obligated yourself to do and to be on this side of it and to know that they turned out all right. Yeah, that's that's a satisfying, believe me, that's a satis- satisfactory feeling. And you have our Absolutely. admiration and respect because you have juggled a lot of uh, things and challenges to get where you are and uh, we appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about leadership. You think everybody's got at least the capacity to learn something about it. And we appreciate what you're doing, Kay. Thanks so much for spending a little time with us here on the Issue Show. Our guest is Kay Monk Morgan, president and CEO of Kansas Leadership Center.
That's all for this edition of Issues 2023. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening again. Hey, Kate, thank you for being a part of our show today. Uh, I'm Steve. Thanks for Mac- having me. I'm Steve McIntosh.